2: Everybody, good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. My goodness, my goodness, you alive this morning, guys? With the weekend that was March Madness, it's 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 just. Madness is. We need something stronger than the word "madness" this year. Good lord, absolutely insane. I mean, where, where do you where do you even begin with that? Um, upsets galore. Every bracket is busted. There is not a single perfect bracket remaining anywhere, and we're not even to the Sweet Sixteen yet. All of the everywhere. From the brackets to the bets in Vegas to ESPN, CBS Sports, Fox Sports, Town Square Media, wherever your bracket filled out, there's no one in there that has a perfect bracket. No one. No one. No one even close. And why would there be? Oh, my God. We're going to dig into that. Cajun baseball and softball. Got coaches interviews. The Saints... Roger Goodell pulling the old rug out from under him again for a moment, for a moment Saturday. It looked like, wow, unbelievable. They heard the Saints appeal. It made sense. It worked. They're not going to punish them for this COVID stuff. And no, it turns out they were the only team, the only team, in all of the NFL to lose a draft pick for COVID violations, despite the fact that they never even had to shut down the facility, unlike some other teams. That is coming up this morning as well. We'll have open phone lines at 269-1077, 269-1077. Man, oh man. Like, the upsets just broke all of the brackets. If you use your stimulus... Check to bet on college basketball, you you probably you probably already lost it all. Cause on one hand I could say, hey man, I I had some upsets in my bragging. I picked Ohio. I picked Abilene Christian. Come on, a thirteen and a fourteen. I picked to win in the first round. That's great. And yet I've got like one final four team left. Come on. By the end of Friday's first round games, the first day. There were 121 perfect brackets remaining. 141 folks out there had Oral Bob's taking down the Buckeyes, but then you had North Texas beating Purdue. You had Oregon State beating Tennessee. You know, if you picked every game with a coin toss, if you actually just said, "You know what? I'm not. I'm not even. I'm just toss a coin." not even going to try to think about it. Your odds of winning are still 1 and 562 quintillion, 949, no, 562 trillion, 949 billion, 953 million, 421,312. So essentially 1 in 9.2 quintillions. That's actually better odds than 1.92 quintillions. 1.92 quintillions is when you actually just try to do the perfect bracket without tossing a coin. This is according to nca. Everybody, you have less than forty percent of the brackets online that still have a chance of picking the winner, and that's Gonzaga, which it was the overwhelming favorite, which a lot of us picked. I did as well, but I mean, I had to play in Purdue; they couldn't get out the first round. But based off of what happened this weekend, nobody's safe. Nobody's safe, and it it, it 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 it's messing with my mind because we still have, we still have eight games today. Eight. I mean, Oregon and Iowa, it tips off at 11 o'clock today. Oklahoma and Gonzaga, speaking of the Zags, they tip off at 140. Abilene, Christian, UCLA, Ohio and Creighton, LSU and Michigan. The Tigers look really good against the Bonnies. Colorado, Florida State, Maryland, Bama, USC, Kansas. All of these still happening today. Messing with my mind. It's messing with my mind. I don't like this Monday thing. It's I'm supposed to have we're supposed to have a sweet sixteen set. And yet, you know what? Today and tonight, when I put it on and I'm sitting there and I'm watching college basketball, even though I've watched so much over the last couple of days, I need to start, you know, walking to actually get some blood flow in my feet. So I'm not just on the couch telling my kids to just leave me alone for a little bit while I watch college hoops. I'm not going to complain when I'm watching it later. I'm not. It's a beautiful thing. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com and the ESPN1420 app. Because even, you know, even your your, your schools like a Syracuse that you don't think of Syracuse is a Cinderella. I mean, technically they're not. They're Syracuse. But they're an 11. Oregon State out of the Pac-12. They're a 12 seed. They're moving on to the Sweet 16. You got Beavers, Cougars, Oral, all in the Sweet 16. Either Loyola Chicago an eight seed, Oregon State a 12 seed, Syracuse an 11, or 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 a two seed in Houston. Okay, one of those four is going to the Final Four. And can we all agree that Loyola Chicago should have been seeded higher, better than an eight? I mean, come on, guys. Did you watch that game yesterday? Sister Jean did. Ramble on. Loyola Chicago has won both of their games by double digits. And Illinois was a team that a lot of folks had either winning it all or playing in the national championship game. Now, I had Illinois getting bounced in the Elite Eight. Not in the second round to a team I'm rooting for in Loyola, Chicago. But that game from start to finish on CBS yesterday, lunchtime, Jim Nance and crew. It wasn't close. It was a clinic. It was a coach's dream, the way that game plan was executed. Looking up and down this bracket, I mean, what, what do you what do you what do you even say? Rural Roberts gets Ohio State in, in overtime, then gets Florida yesterday. Now they get Arkansas, who had a close game against Texas Tech. The Mean Green, okay, they're not going to the Sweet 16, but their win over Purdue, talking about messing up some brackets, my hands up. A one, a three, a five, and a 15 seed in the Sweet 16 of the South region. And we still need Sweet 16s in the West and the East regions. Those will be set by the end of the night tonight. Man. And then we got to wait all the way until Saturday for the next round of games. Yeah. I don't like it. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday next week. It just it just, it just, feels weird. And yet in the moment when you're watching these games, It always feels right. I I forgot how much I loved March Madness. I forgot that. Forgot how much we love March Madness. At least how much I loved it. We really missed it last year. ESPN1420.com You want to check out some of the statistical, mathematical science behind the madness and all the brackets being broken. That story is up for you over at ESPN1420.com as well as the ESPN1420 app. Send out a link on the tweet from the station account in a minute. At ESPN1420 is the handle. Coming up later this morning. We'll visit with Ragin' Cajun softball coach Jerry Glasgow. The Cajuns, tell you what, man, I, I, I UTA. They're not a very they're not a very good softball team. The Cajuns are ranked in the top fifteen. They beat number ten Texas last Thursday. They had to hold on to do it, but they did it. I mean, it was. Cajuns lose to UTA Saturday by five runs and just, you know, Friday, Sunday. I mean, nothing's coming easy for him right now. Nothing. There's a lot to get into in regards to that. But, man, oh, man, i tell you what. I mean, the the, the timely hitting's not there right now. Um, The bullpen needs a lot of work. He gave up a lot of errors. You got different, you know, young ladies playing in different spots in the lineup, in the field, and then that impacts their offense. You know, we talk about it with Cajun baseball as well. Who, you know, with Spencer Eric Getty, got a great win on Friday night, but Saturday and Sunday? No. We'll visit with Coach Matt Deggs as well. Coming up at 8.15 this morning. But uh, thirteen four loss Saturday, five one loss yesterday. But you just you got behind the eight ball early. You know when it's four nothing in the top of the first, put you put you behind the eight ball against the team that that can just pitch lights out, lights out. Coach Matt Deggs, yesterday in post game, very matter of fact, very to the point. Here's some of that audio. Hear questions from Seth Lewis. Kevin Foote, among others, those in the media here in Lafayette. But um, makes no, no bones about it, man.
3: Coach, we talked about this a little bit yesterday, but um when you get out of the top of the first inning and you're already down three nothing, four nothing at that point, um, how difficult is that maybe from a mentality standpoint if it if it continually is happening?
4: Well, facing the arms that we're facing, it's a it's an uphill climb, but not something that's insurmountable. And uh, we've got to do a better job of that. We got outplayed in every phase of the game today, uh, you know, that we just did. And obviously, I haven't done a good enough job of preparing our ball club, apparently, and uh, having them ready to play, having them understand the game, having them understand what we do and uh, how we go about it. And uh, that was – that's been exposed over the last two days. And so we're going to have to go back to the to practice this week and get after it and uh, play a lot better than we did over the last two days. I promise you that.
3: Has that been eye-opening for you? Did you feel like this team was 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 more prepared?
4: Yeah, I mean, you never know until the bullets start flying, right?
3: Right.
5: What was so effective about their starting pitcher today?
4: A 95 to 97 mile an hour fastball at the upper half of the zone and a power breaking ball and a change up. He could throw anytime he wanted.
2: Was it was it I mean, did you feel like y'all were too patient or just too jumpy or, or is it just he would you just have to give him credit?
4: you have to go patient because his numbers say that and we're down four to nothing. And, uh, so he's got eight innings pitched on the year and you want to try to drive his pitch count up. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's, we're working at bats there at at least one time through the order, seeing some pitches. And, you know, if you watch him pitch, he's got a little bit of spray to him. Uh, you know, there's no command there. He's going to throw strikes, but there's no command, uh, and so that's a tough assignment. And, you know, when you get jumpy and you chase pitches out of the zone against premium arm and a really good team, they're just going to keep exposing
5: you. In the first inning, I think he got two outs, Carter did with five pitches and walked a batter. And then, you know, they had some really good hitters in the middle
4: of their order. But it, it seemed like that they got more out of that inning than you obviously you thought they were going to get there. In the first, there. In the first, yeah. Yeah, there's no, yeah, two out walk and they score four. Uh, we went through that last weekend.
6: What was the message to the team?
4: Uh, there wasn't one. I'm not going to say a whole lot right now. We'll let it cool off and and uh, go back to work on Tuesday.
5: Is this a good week to have no midweek game? Or a
4: bad
3: week to have no midweek
4: game? Probably a good one. Probably a good one. Uh, we can get some some simulated games going, get some guys on the bump, Jack Burke especially, uh, Dane Dixon, uh, Will Moriarty, get some guys like that back out of Harvard, uh, you know, get after it a little bit, have some live A-Bs and, and play and compete, uh, get ready for Coastal Carolina. We got a brand-new season going to start on Friday.
2: All right, there's some words from uh, Coach Matt Deggs in an hour. We'll talk to him one-on-one on the phone line as he will join me. And uh, we'll get into more Raging Cajun Baseball Talk with the head coach of Louisiana. Uh, 269-1077 if you want to jump in, talking Cajun Diamond sports as well as March of Badness. It's just absolutely crazy. Saints free agency. Not a ton to report, as as expected. Sheldon Rankins is gone. Um, you know, Rankins and Trey Hendrickson both who with for Rankins it was it was the twenty eighteen season, you know. He's been okay the last two years, but recovering from the Achilles tear. And Hendrickson's coming off his best season. But you figured both of them were gonna get pretty good deals on the open market. Hendrickson's was really good from Cincinnati and then Rankins agreed to a 2-year deal with the Jets yesterday. Um, 26 years old and he is uh he's gone. He's gone. David Yamada Probably had his best season last year. He's going to need to have an even better one next season. And I think with Malcolm Brown being traded and Rankins being gone, don't be surprised if come pick 28 overall in the in the draft in five weeks, the Saints go D-line. Don't be surprised at all. Go ahead and tell you that right now. We got more on the Saints, though, including the NFL and uh, what? Pulling the old okey-doke, the rug, out from under the Saints. It makes no sense, and yet it's unexpected. Excuse me, it makes no sense, and yet it's completely expected. Yeah we'll dig in all that more. Jerry Glasgow at 7:45 as well. The Great Scott Show will continue right after this. Don't go anywhere. It's The Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up, Suit Up. And the listen live player of the stream, whether you're listening on whether you listen to the stream on your desktop, on your mobile app, on your tablet, in connected cars, on smart speakers, that is brought to you by Champons Market and the Oil Center ShopHon's going the extra mile great Scott! show sponsored by suit up continues right after this
0: it's extravaganza time at zuziana now through april 3rd go wild with your favorite animals for extravaganza enjoy an easter egg scavenger hunt pre-bagged easter treats for the kids and a spring-themed photo booth zuziana is full of egg excitement all march long regular admission rates apply go to zuziana.com extravaganza all march long at zuziana zuziana The most fun you can have in Louisiana.
1: Come monkey around with us or we'll go bananas without you.
7: Dell's semi-annual sale is the perfect opportunity for a significant business upgrade. Save up to 45% on Dell computers built for business and powered by Intel Core processors. Plus, enjoy special pricing on Dell Docs, monitors, servers, and more. All with easy financing options through Dell Financial Services. Speak to a Dell Technologies advisor today to find the right tech for your business with fast, free shipping. Call 877-ASK-DELL. Again, that's 877-ASK-DELL.
1: Hey, it's me. Just wanted to reach out after yesterday's video call. Uh, you mentioned your friends going through a hard time right now. I wanted to recommend an app you should download. It's the How We Reach coaching tool. Uh, it's got tips on, you know, how to reach out to friends or family members who are who are struggling. So it's great that you're there for your friend. I really think this tool will help you give them the support they need. So let me know if you want to talk
7: download the tool on reach.gov today okay indeed knows unexpected demand can stretch your business thin. uh leon speaking like at leon's plumbing sorry quick as we can get there is next friday to stay out of hot water he needs to get started hiring right right away i need indeed indeed you do and the moment you sponsor a job on Indeed, you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database. Visit Indeed.com credit and get a $75 credit for your first sponsored job post. Terms and conditions apply. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com.
0: Our official ESPN 1420 app allows you to listen on the go. Connecting in the car via Bluetooth, aux cord, or wherever you plug in your phone. Use the app to read stories, hear our best interviews, and stay in the loop for all things sports. All directly from your phone. Manage your push notifications to receive the latest breaking sports news, important traffic and weather updates, local alerts, and so much more. Plus, you'll have the inside scoop when it comes to all of our awesome contests. And the best part? It's free and available now in the App Store or on Google Play. Get it now and stay connected with Acadiana's best sports leader, ESPN 1420.
7: Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that moment in time, her life changes forever. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime.
0: Hi, I'm Albert Pujols, first baseman for the Los Angeles Angels.
7: And I'm Deidre Pujols.
0: And we made it our mission to strike out slavery.
4: Did you know that millions of people, many who are in vulnerable populations, are caught in this nightmare of violence, fraud, and coercion? And during a crisis like the pandemic, even more innocent people are at risk of falling victim to human trafficking.
0: Sometime, we all take true freedom for granted. Freedom to live our life. The freedom to pursue our dreams. The freedom to watch and play baseball.
4: But for far too many, basic freedom has been torn away, often violently and often targeting those most vulnerable among us. That's why we
0: made it our mission to strike out slavery.
4: And we're sending out an SOS because freedom is worth fighting for.
0: Join us. Join baseball fans. Join the fight against human trafficking. Go to strikeoutslavery.com. <laughs> Have you downloaded the ESPN 1420 app yet? No. (laughs) Why not? Just tap that app and hear ESPN 1420 programming worldwide. Download the ESPN 1420 app in the iTunes App Store or Google Play. Scott Prather, the king of sports talk radio. Surprised? Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. Eh. What? The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com.
5: Steal the show.
2: Emails. Welcome back into the show. I'm Scott Prather. It's the Great Scott Show sponsored by Suit Up. Jackson emails. Scott, my bracket was busted Friday. I decided instead of worrying about if I could still pull off a miraculous come from behind victory like some of these teams in the dance, I would simply sit back and enjoy. I'm actually considering not filling out a bracket next year. Your thoughts? Um, My thoughts are you can still fill out a bracket, just don't fill one out expecting to win anything. We all do it. There's that sense, you know, when you go into a casino or something, maybe this is the night, maybe this is the year. One in 9.2 quintillion happens, and I'm that what? That's never going to happen. I know that's not what you mean, but... You can fill out a bracket. Just don't take it serious like it's going to win you something. And if it is having that strong of an impact, are you? If you're that, if you lie to yourself that much thinking you got a shot, come on, go ahead and just, I guess, go ahead at that point and, and don't worry about it. But there were a lot of brackets that Friday were I mean, by the end of the first day, there were only 121 perfect brackets remaining out of millions So that quickly ended on Saturday. And how many of those 121 were someone that filled out, you know, every conceivable one? Email from Jackson. This is a good question. Scott, with bots and the way technology is, how is it that no one can fill out a perfect bracket online by filling out however many brackets is necessary? Um, well, there's a number of reasons why. So for starters, you know, every one of these requires extra email addresses, all that other stuff. And you feel like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's still doable with the way technology is. Even the ones that specialize in, in bots, even the ones that, it, it really, it doesn't matter. Like, the technology is such that they don't allow it. And even the the amount of different possible bracket results is still, is still just astronomical. And then to fill every one of those out, plus they, they make sure that you're a person when you're filling it out. But I think that says something there. It's crazy to me that the way technology is in 2021, the bracket is still something that can't be busted by hackers. I mean, someone can hack into the Twitter account of the president of the United States, but no, you cannot hack into or create something with technology that would give you the perfect bracket. You can't do it. Can't do it. ESPN 1420 espn1420.com and the ESPN 1420 app. Scott Prather, this is the great Scott show sponsored by Suit Up. Can't do it. education women's basketball. Uh their season came to an end on Saturday. It was quite a historical season. Shout out to Coach Gary Broadhead, his staff, the entire team. Uh, They went to the WNIT, ran into Colorado on Friday and fell to the UT Martin Skyhawks, who have won 21 games this year. Um, And, you know, it was the 50th season in the history of the program. They had the longest win streak in the history of the program at 15 straight games. 15-2 15-2 in Sunbelt Conference play. Hats off to him, and uh, here's the next season. All right. The NFL. Here's a little NFL nugget for you. The NFL is planning a large, live, and in-person draft event in Cleveland, Coming up in, what, five, six weeks? April 29th to May 1st? The top prospects will be in attendance. Fans will be in attendance. Now, they're still going to be required to wear masks. But the NFL, who went all virtual last year with awkward Roger Goodell in the basement, in his what he called his basement, which was a set that they set up to try to, try to normalize them in some way. Speaking of bots, it didn't work. Guy's just awkward and weird and... Yeah. So now the NFL, which really wanted to crack down on COVID, is going to have a large and in person event. In fact, David Gilbert, who is the Greater Cleveland Sports Commission CEO, said it will be the largest event in the city since the 2016 Republican convention. It's a lot of people. Now, I get it. We're in a much different place than we were a year ago, 100%. But it's, and the NFL says it'll use the draft to promote vaccines. Now, are we sure that everyone in attendance will have been vaccinated at that point? No, we're not. not, And there's no way for them to check that. And there's no way for them, apparently, that they're going to require that. Don't get me wrong. I got nothing against it. They want to hold a big event, good for them. But the punishments for teams that committed COVID-19 violations. I mean, you had the Ravens that had major COVID issues this year. Nothing. Remember how the Saints and the Raiders were the two teams that were fined? Coaches were fined for not wearing a mask the entire time on the sideline, Gruen and Peyton, despite the fact that on Sundays you would see coaches frequently lower their masks, take off their mask. Okay, some would leave them down longer than others. But they were also the only two teams that were going to be docked draft picks. So the Saints had a seventh rounder taken away early in the season, midway point of the season. And then months later, reports came out that they had an individual non-employee in the building, which was a violation, and therefore they were going to punish them even more. So Saints fans are sitting there, they're getting these compensatory picks and they're like, "Uh uh-oh, how many of these are we going to actually keep? You figure the NFL is going to drop the hammer. And the NFL punishing the Saints initially the first time because, well, locker room celebrations without masks. And after that, you saw multiple teams around the league have, you guessed it, locker room celebrations without masks. Silence from the NFL on those, but let's hammer it down on the Saints. And then Saturday morning, Pro Football Talk reports that the Saints and the Raiders will no longer have to forfeit the draft picks that were taken away from them in the 2021 draft. So suddenly the Saints had their seventh-round draft pick. Pro Football Talk said the report was, according to a source, they're not going to be punished for it, which one was a shock and just felt like this doesn't seem like something the NFL would do. Not for not for this team, not for these teams, not in this situation. Look, there's no there's no hiding that Peyton and Goodell don't like each other at all. Goodell pressured Tom Benson to fire Sean Payton after the bounty gain stuff. Pressured and pressured and pressured him. Tom didn't do it. Sean has done things publicly or said things that are basically like a yeah, kind of the old finger to mr goodell let me wear this goodell clown shirt underneath my button up let me whatever it might be okay they don't like each other and and with that you're like wait the nfl actually heard the saints and raiders appeal and they gave them their draft picks back huh that was the report and guess what it was accurate they did Saints suddenly have eight picks in this year's draft and they got that seventh rounder back and they got, what, three compensatory picks. Oh, wow. For a second there, it looked like we might, the Saints might only have three. So they get the, they get the draft pick back and everyone's like, how is this even possible? Sure, you figured the appeals process was probably something as simple as, hey, you, you're taking this draft pick away from us, but here is evidence of all of these other teams Doing the same thing multiple times. Why just us? Okay. That's what... Simple in your head, right? One plus one equals two. This makes sense, so why not? Granted, it's probably a little more complex than that. But for a few hours, Saints fans are like, this is crazy. All right, let's do it. Cool. And then, no, actually, sorry. You appealed that, but guess what? You're going to have a draft pick taken away from you for the 2022 draft. for COVID-19 violations of 2020. Well, yeah, but what about the appeals process? Yeah, but these are for other violations. What about the Raiders? Nah, we're we're going to maybe give them a small fine. We're not going to take away a draft pick from them. So now the NFL forfeits or forces the Saints to forfeit their 6th round pick in 2022 and fine them $700,000. Okay. Pull out the rug from under him. Yeah, we accept your appeals process. Here you go. You can have this back. But wait, here's something else. Did the Saints commit violations? Absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they didn't. You see it. And a lot of the rules that were put in place this season, you figured a lot of teams were going to break them, not maliciously or anything like that, but, well, in some cases, maybe. Celebrating in a locker room when everyone's already been tested after a win? Somehow is worse than a team having to quarantine everyone for over a week, being told to not go anywhere, and then having players go and have an unsanctioned practice on a high school football field, and that would be the Tennessee Titans that did that, and they didn't didn't lose a single draft pick? They had multiple positive tests with players practicing at a high school in an unsanctioned practice that they put together. The NFL had to move their schedule around, move their games around multiple times, and they didn't lose a single draft pick. Hell, the Saints never even had to shut down their facility. Okay, punish the Saints, fine, but be consistent, right? But you had to laugh. You're probably laughing at Saints fans a little bit. For a few hours, there were these celebratory gifts, and then there were just gifts they were sharing online of them just falling on their face. Pull out the rug from under you. Never get too comfortable. The NFL is so concerned about COVID that the commissioner of the league doesn't even wear a mask when he's presenting a Super Bowl trophy. I was outside. Yeah, but... The look... Bad luck. It's bad luck. ESPN1420N.com. Second wave of free agency is about to get underway here. I think the first wave is pretty much done. I think your bigger deals are done. And now it is time for all these teams to go basically hit the clearance rack and see how many good deals they can get. That's what's going on now. That's where they're going. The first phrase of free agency is over. Um, well, you know, I think I think the only one that that might might still be out there is Kenny Galladay, the Detroit Lions wide receiver, the Pro Bowler. That's the only one that's I would say a a, a fairly big deal. I would expect that hadn't been done yet, but outside of that. I think That's all. It's time to hit the bargain rack. ESPN1420.com 269 1077. 269 1077. It's the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. Going to dig into a number of things coming up. Jerry Glasgow, Rage Occasion softball coach, joining me at uh, 7 45. Matt Deggs at 8 15. LSU in action today on the hardwood against Michigan. and eight versus one. That's 6-10 tonight. You know, of all the games this weekend that were really memorable. And college hoops. The LSU St. Bonaventure one wasn't. And it's not because LSU. I mean, LSU played well. Cameron Thomas went 27 points. But. It just wasn't very close. I mean, LSU led by nine and a half. You never really got the sense that the Bonnies were going to get into it. Shout out Saint Bonaventure, the it's where my grandfather graduated from. But you never got the sense that that they were going to make a run. Um, there were, there were there was so much basketball consumed. Some of the games are a little more forgettable than others. Like USC beat Drake by what? 16 points. I don't remember a single thing about that game. Um, Iowa's win against Grand Canyon. I mean, do you even remember anything about Gonzaga at Norfolk State? Do you even watch that? Gonzaga won by, what, 40-something? Colorado crushing Georgetown. You. It, it's easy to forget the games that really weren't very close. Abilene Christian over Texas, you remember that one actually had that one in my bracket. Not to brag about my bracket. I mean, my final four is pretty shot. <laughs> it's pretty shot. But that was memorable. Their first, I mean, four years ago, they were the worst program in the country. Now you got a guy who didn't get a single minute on the bench. I love the hype guys on the bench. Probably Abilene Christian, as soon as the game in, does the horns down. Dancing. But they beat Texas in that state? The two schools from that state, they, Abilene Christian, who was one of the worst college programs in the country four years ago, now win their first NCAA tournament game ever against Texas, a game that had a wild ending that just felt like it was dragging on and on and on, and then Texas, oh, my God, they're going to escape. No, they're not. They decide to foul a guy with 1.2 seconds. I don't care what anybody says. It was a foul. Can't call that foul with 1.2 seconds. Eh, maybe not with .1 seconds. 1.2, absolutely. But if you start looking at games that were, you know, Houston's win over Cleveland State. Oklahoma State's win over Liberty. There there are, those are a few games that you don't really remember. At least I don't. From over the weekend. Villanova Winthrop, did that happen? But outside of that, there are a lot more memorable games so far in the bracket than forgettable ones. And that's the truth. Even like like a Florida State UNC Greensboro, not a great game, but it was tight enough for a little while. Yukon, Maryland. Houston's win over Rutgers. That was a good one. Syracuse, the family affair, buddy Beheim now. Come on, Gramps, let's go get it done. I mean, Syracuse, they they are in a good spot right now. They can beat Houston. The only thing standing between them and the Final Four is Loyola Chicago or Oregon State. Loyola Chicago is going back to the Final Four. They I, 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 they they that they just look like a really, really good team right now. Arkansas, when they decided to just put together a hot run, their two-point win over Texas Tech. Obviously, Oral Roberts, both of their wins. How can you forget them? North Texas upset win over Purdue. Yeah, sure, maybe they lost by Villanova two days later by twenty three. There have been more memorable games thus far than forgettable ones, and that's saying something. When you have that many games in a short amount of time, and we got eight more today. Oregon and Iowa tipping off at 11. Gonzaga and Oklahoma at 140. Abilene Christian and UCLA at 415. Ohio and Creighton at 510. Mention LSU going up against a one seed Michigan at 610 tonight. That's on CBS. Colorado and Florida State. Maryland, Bama. USC, Kansas. Got to program your mind. We still got another day before the first two rounds
1: are all wrapped up.
2: Going to shift gears from the hardwood to the diamond. Rage Occasion softball coach Jerry Glasgow, his team back from a Texas road trip where they split a pair against number 10 Texas and then won two of three against UTA in conference play. We'll talk to him about the state of his team and much more. It's all coming your way. It's the Great Scott Show sponsored by Suit Up. Jerry Glasgow joins me next right here on ESPN 1420.
1: Those big wireless companies try to lure you in with a new phone just to lock
7: you into a contract, not Simple Mobile.
1: If you have a great smartphone you love, you can get a powerful nationwide 5G network without the contract. Just text the word BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone's
7: compatible. Simple Mobile, out with the old, in with the simple. Messaging data rates may apply. Visit simplemobile.com slash privacy policy for privacy policy and the terms and conditions at simplemobile.com slash terms and conditions. Compatible 5G capable device and SIM required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. 5G upload speeds not yet available. Rexel is the place for electrical professionals. Rexel has everything you need for your next big job. From name brands you can trust, like Appleton, Square D, Leviton, and more, Rexel supports electricians and general contractors across construction, industrial, and commercial applications. They also offer a unique range of automation solutions, ensuring all your industrial automation needs are met. Join Rexel at their brand new showcase counter, located at 105 Derrick Road in Broussard. Wednesday, March 24th, from 11 to 1.30 for their Outdoor Demo Day event. Stop by Wednesday for your live product demonstrations featuring DeWalt, Penduit, and light-efficient design, exclusive clearance sales, giveaways, and more. We'll see you at Rexel in Broussard on Derrick Road, March 24th, or you can visit them anytime online at rexelusa.com.
3: My daughter is Marina. Marina has a rare form of children's eye cancer. Retinoblastoma. Her doctor sent us to a specialist, and then the specialist sent us to St. Jude. Within the first couple weeks of us getting here, I was just so scared. Like, I think the reality just hit me, and it kind of hit me all at once. I had started to cry, and her doctor came in, Dr. Brennan came in and just didn't even say anything, sat down beside me, and, like, hugged me, and held me while I, like, was literally sobbing. And she just said, it's gonna be Okay. We don't have to worry anymore. The treatment worked, and we've saved her eye. This place has been such a blessing for us. There's no way we could have paid for treatment back home if we had to. We can come here, and we can just solely focus on taking care of her and helping her heal.
1: Finding cures. Saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. What is dedication?
0: I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them.
1: That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
3: Okay, kids, Dad's going to teach you how to dance. First, spread your feet apart. Then, uh, pump to knee. Dance like a dad.
1: It's a great way to make a moment with your kids. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council.
6: What's up? It's your boy Shaq, and you're listening to Acadiana's Best Sports Leader for Acadiana's Best Sports Fans. ESPN 1420. ESPN1420.com and the ESPN 1420 app.
0: Now, more of The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on Sports Radio ESPN 1420.
2: Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank, coming at you on a Monday morning. Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. Joining me now, head coach of the Raging Cajun Softball Team, Jerry Glasgow. Good morning, Jerry. How are you?
5: I'm doing good, Scott. How are you this morning?
2: Hanging in there, man. I'm doing doing well. Uh, excited to get your your perspective of. Excited to get your perspective of what's uh, unfolding here. You guys had that Texas road trip, so I want to kind of—I'm not—I don't want to work our way backwards. I want to start with the two games at Texas, and then talk UTA. Um, looking at those two against the Longhorns, four uh, nothing loss, then a ten nine win, where it, it seemed like two very different ball games, but you got the split against the number ten team in the country. When when you're driving to Arlington the next day, what's running through your mind about that Texas series? What was your biggest takeaway from that two-game stint?
5: Uh, how important, you know, how important your mindset is. You know, it looked like two different ball clubs. We lose four to nothing. We trained all week. You know, we trained to hit and prepared for the left-hand pitcher that we knew would start one game, prepared for the right-hand pitcher, was a drop ball that we knew would start one game, and I felt like I felt like we were really prepared. We had you know nine days off, and I thought I thought I felt like we were prepared, and I felt like we were talented enough and capable of going out there and you know scoring five runs either game on either pitcher. I um, mean, the right hand pitcher is very good, but Texas Southern, uh, you know, probably RPI two eighty scored two runs off of her, and BYU scored runs off of her. And definitely not, you know, it's not a situation like Cat Osteren where you don't expect to score five runs. You expect to only go get one or two. I thought we were ready to score five, but we went out. We were emotionally flat. We weren't fighting. We were just, you know, we were just dull, waiting on somebody else to get get it going. And, and so we get beat for nothing. So we talked to the girls between. I explained to them, like, you know, this is a must-win game, right? This game here, we have to win, and you know, we have to. You know, the umpires, we felt like it was 2 tough, and Julie Raw slid at home. It's obvious from, you know, a lot of our perspective. I think we felt like it was obvious she was safe, but we got to call out. That's going to happen on a close play at home, you know. It's and but we let that body or us, and we get shut out, and so. My mindset's like, you know, this team, you know, we just, it's not physical, it's not something lacking in talent, it's lacking in that ability to fight and scratch and claw when things get hard. And so we go out to the second game, and we jump right on the pitcher, we score two runs in the first inning, um, and then, you know, instead of going out and shutting the door and, you know, holding it, we... We mess around, and we let them get runners on, and and then they get a safe call at first. That was a very close play, and and I'm not sure if she was out or safe. Didn't matter. Umpire called her out. I mean, called her safe instead of out. That allowed them to score a run. All of a sudden, it's two to one, and you can just see, you know, you could see it on ball club, and you could feel like immediately in that dugout, it's like, oh, here it goes again. And so I made a decision. I go out and I told the umpire, I said, look, I'm not mad. I just you know, I gotta argue for my kids right here. We gotta learn how to fight. And he said, That's fine. I said, Just listen to me for a minute and then uh I'm, I'm you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna show some emotion here and it's not personal. And he said, I thought you coach, but I thought she was out. I said, Yeah, well I thought she was clearly safe. I mean, I thought she was clearly out. He said he thought she was clearly safe and so I'm um, I'm just really want my team to fire up, you know? (laughs) And so as I walked back to the dugout, I threw my hat through the dugout door. Never dreamed. I really never dreamed they'd throw me out for that because I told him that I was just trying to get my ball club to play hard on one fight, And I explained to the first place umpire. What I miscalculated, I hadn't explained it to the home plate umpire. And when he saw me through my hat through the dugout door, you know, I was walking in the dugout, I, I, I was walking off the field, but he threw me out like immediately, which was fine. I, I just, you know, as soon as he did it, I thought, okay, well, here it goes. We're going to really, I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my money's worth, and we're going to wake up.
8: Yeah.
5: And I, and so I, I went to him, and we, you know, I let him know what I thought of that, and and we had a good fun conversation, and then I had to walk to the bus, and I thought the kids responded to that so well. Like we fought that game, and. And the coaches were great. You know, they got, you know, everybody got fired up. They had my back. That's what they're supposed to do. I get thrown out. You're supposed to win the game. And we all go up the road happy. And, and <clears throat> I felt that part we handled extremely well. Uh, we're really proud. They just made clutch hit after clutch hit. Texas would make a run, come back like a good ball club should do because they're going to fight. They know how to fight. And, and it ends up being one of those. You know wild crazy games that we very easily could have lost you know we had we scored 10 and and they had nine we had two runners throw down at home plate that you know it just you know pace running mistakes that could have put the game 12-9 and almost were big runs at the end but luckily everything went our way and we won that game ten nine. 9 now i thought that our offense was awesome but i think on the other side our defense and our pitching, we got to shut the door on games like that. It should have never been. It should have never got to back to ten nine. You, you got to put those games away. But going up the road to Austin, what I was thinking was, man, this team, this team has a lot of talent. If they could ever put it together, and if they can ever learn to fight, like just, just quit thinking about everything around them and fight, fight with everything they got. And so that was what my thoughts were going up the highway.
2: And you mentioned the word fight. Uh, I think you mentioned the phrase mental toughness a a minute or so ago. Is that the aspect of this team that you want to see the most growth in? Or do you want to see the, I guess, you want to see more of? If that's a fair question. Well,
5: that's what we're lacking. You know, we're lacking mental toughness. And we're lacking in that perspective of, I got to get this team going. All nine players have to be wanting to get the team going. And right now, you know, we're looking at each other, and we're like wanting somebody else to spark it. And if all all nine players got to be thinking they're going to do it, they're going to do, they're going to get the team going and get it sparked, and and it'll take off. So we just this team doesn't understand yet how good they are. They don't understand yet the talent they've got. And, and in fact, you know, as long as we don't understand that, we're not a real good ball club. We're not very good at all. One of the, you know, one of the most talented, underachieving ball clubs that we've had. Uh, that I've ever coached in college, at this point, if I was given a really good grade, but that's not fair to them because we're only, what, 21 games in the season. I've got 56 games with them. At the end of the season, at 56 game mark, I believe this team, without any doubt, is going to be a really good ball club and they will know how to fight. They will know how to overcome adversity and they, they will be a dangerous ball club in the regional. Now, if they don't, that's on me. That's not on the girls. That's on me. That's my responsibility. And, and as of right now, if i was giving myself a grade on that, I've got to give myself a really poor grade because I don't have them where, where they need to be. And that's, that's, that's on me as well. That's not on the girls. It's you put a team together, and you know when I got here, it was what it was—the adversity of the program. We put together, you know, a, a good ball club that first year just out of what we had. When we brought in one kid from, you know, one transfer in, and we scrapped it together, and that was a—that was the opposite. That was like one of the least talented teams I ever had one of the most overachieving teams i ever had because they really fought hard and they really knew how to just scrap so they end up 41 and 16 that year when most you know if they'd played with the same dynamics that we played with mentally this first third of the season you know they would have probably been 30 and 28 (laughs) but they knew how to they, they quickly became a team and, and fought for the program and fought for a lot of things besides themselves, and it was good. And then the next year, we went 52-6. and six. You know, we lost Jerry Ann in January, and we unified as a team unbelievably fast. You had Kerry Grimmion, one of the toughest, hard-nosed leaders ever, and that team was, you know, when they started playing on the first day of season, two weeks after we buried Jerry Ann, they were immediately... A great ball club, a fighting, hard-nosed ball club. Um, this seems to, and then last year was, you know, we were good early. We we were good early. We we fought enough battles right off the bat. We were eighteen and six last year, and we felt really good because we, you know, we had won against LSU, won Oklahoma State, won. Now this year, we're two and five in those games that you have to you have to split in to get that regional seed, we're two and five right now the regional is not coming our way we're going to go on the road in the regional that's really a good thing it's not when you're a coach you don't want to i'm not going to burden my ball club and bog them down with putting pressure on them every single day you got to win every game for us to get a regional um that doesn't work well Uh, because you'll mentally be exhausted by the end of the season and you'll mentally be wore out What we got to accept and be accountable for me as a coach and them as players is that i've not got them ready mentally i've not met the challenge of having them tough enough to face adversity that's always going to come in a season and win anyway (laughs) and they're not mentally tough enough to face the things we're facing and win anyway are they good enough yes are they talented enough yes but they're not that ball club that can go out there and win. And and at the end of the day, every bit of that's on Jerry Glasgow, and that's Jerry Glasgow's fault. But but here's the thing: that I, as a coach, I'm excited, and I really f- fell in love with this team because I'm seeing I'm seeing them respond to things now in a good, positive way. And I've just got to be patient, and they've got to be patient with me, um, because we're going to be there. I'm going to get them there. I've never, ever had a team that I've coached. I just never coached a team that I felt wasn't mentally tough at the end of the season. I'm going to do the exact same things I've been doing for 25 years, and they're going to, at the end of the year, I totally believe they're going to be the exact same type of ball club at the end of the year that we've had for 25 years. So, So it's just a matter of doing the right thing and keep patient uh, understanding your players trying to trying to learn more and understand them even better and then just love them you know i just love these kids and the more i've been around them this this month the more i love them um uh, and so it's going to work out
2: jerry glasgow rage occasion softball coach our guest this is the great scott show sponsored by suit Up. i'm scott prather you're listening to espn 1420 kpel lafayette jerry you said you, you have full confidence that 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 mental toughness will be there, you know, by the time this this regular season comes to an end. And, and I know, you know, you guys are hoping sooner than that, but the goal is to just get them more mentally tough as you move forward. You said, you know, quarter of a century of coaching softball, and plus you've never had a team that wasn't mentally tough by the end of the season. You're going to do a lot of the same things that have worked for you. I would imagine you've probably done some of those same things too this go-round. Um, it hasn't clicked as early yet, what what are a few of those things that, that give you that confidence that by, you know, a, a month from now or or two months from now even, that this team is going to be as mentally tough as you anticipate they can be when you look at this roster top to bottom?
5: Well, you know, the phrase I use all the time with the girls is the game of softball or baseball, but the game of softball teaches you the game of softball. And, and so... What the, you know, like things that happen, the injuries that happen. I mean, this team, I we've had, and I, I don't, I'm not using this as excuse because we got to win every game. I don't care who's hurt, it doesn't matter. That's why, I, that's why I add, you know, when Justice Mills and Sierra Bryant comes on the portal in October, and and that's why I added them, <laughs> and, you know, and even my coaches, we had a meeting, and you know, I had coaches concerned. You know, we we got so much talent. Why would we add those two kids? Very valid question. Well, you add those two kids because you just never know when injuries occur, and I believe because of the COVID situation, it was uh, imperative. You just can't turn them down. Now, when you add those two kids, you realize that affects that affects the kids on the roster that you know aren't as talented or aren't as old and mature and haven't been through the things that they have, and kids are key. You understand that affects your freshman class that came in there, and you know they're already not in the lineup. They're already twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteenth on the roster. Now you add two All SEC players. Well, especially with this being a COVID year, it was just I knew to Adam as a veteran coach. Well, now you see why. You know, I mean, this weekend we get Mills gets a concussion, altering sprained a rotator cuff. So we're we're playing, we you know we're Mills gets a concussion and collision in game two. Uh, altering sprain rotator cuff, not bad. It's the injury she'll be back from in a week. Um, but, you know, in, in at the beginning of game, right at the end of game one, she did that. So she couldn't be at, the, at second base in game two. And so the dynamics of our ball club change from game one to t- game two. And that's going to make, that's the type of thing that makes your ball club tough. You lose Rain O'Neal on game four, kids sit there and watch her, You know, break her arm right in front of them, and McNeese, and and we've got LSU the next night. You know, we she gets hurt in the seventh inning against McNeese. We didn't have one more inning of softball, and we're walking on the field with LSU 24 hours later, with not another inning in between. Well, that wasn't a good thing for that night against LSU, but it's a darn good thing for the regional because it makes those kids in that dugout mentally tough. You know, and. Rotator, Roman and tore ACL in the fourth inning, third inning of that game. That's not a good thing for a ball club in the short run, but in the long run, that's going to make my kids mentally tough. The game teaches you the game. Losing to UT Arlington, a ball club 3-15. and 15. <laughs> You know, if if I could fire myself, I'd fire myself right after we lose that game. Um, that's not a good thing in the short run. But believe me, in the long run, that's a great thing. And nothing will make you respect your first round opponent in the Sun Belt tournament. Nothing can respect, make you respect your first round opponent in the NCAA regional than losing to a ball club in the first Sun Belt Conference Series in game two and having to go back out on Sunday you knowing you just give that ball club all the emotion in the world, you know, with a poor performance. I'll say this: not even just a poor performance in Game Two. We got a seven nothing lead after four innings in Game One, and we have an absolutely pathetic fifth and sixth inning, and we end up making that ball game. You know, we had that game; it was in jeopardy, and and so those are moments where this ball club, because it's the, the adversity and the poor decisions and the poor mental state of mind at times that we get in. It's actually in the long run, I believe, because uh, you have to look at things in a positive way and use it as a coach in a positive way. It's going to make our ball club a lot more dangerous down the road. And, and the talent's there. The same talent that gets you up ahead of UTR at 7 nothing, you know, it, that will overcome those mistakes that you make if you eliminate those mistakes. So that's the reason I'm excited about the ball club. I know we, I know we have what it takes. I know we're a long ways from being where we need to be. And now we just all have to really work a lot harder.
2: Jerry Glasgow, our guest, ESPN 1420. Um, how much is Summer Ellison a key to that, Jerry? You mentioned uh, opponents and how you view them. I mean, she was in there twice on Saturday and look, you know, if 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 you didn't have, uh, you know, uh, the, the same face and number on the jersey, you would have thought it was two different players because started out one way, wasn't what you expect, and then came back later, and you're like, okay, that's that's a little bit more of what we've grown accustomed to. How much of of her locking in can be a big key to you guys reaching that, that you know, reaching your, your potential? That, Like you said, this team is extremely talented. Well,
5: I don't think it's... I'm not going to single out any one player. I'm going to say this. I think that, you know, our whole... Obviously, our pitching staff, you know, our bullpen, we we got work to do. Uh, you know, we, we we had an inter-squad scrimmage, and when we had the inter-squad scrimmage the weekend, Georgia Southern was was canceled, it was very obvious to every player and every coach on the team. We have a really serious problem because we've got a lot of players. You know, Carrie Boswell was 9-0 and for us two years ago, and she struggled on the mound that day. And... You know, Casey Dixon is a very talented pitcher and was nine and three as a freshman. And she's struggling on that mound as a fifth year senior in a game like the UT Arlington that she dominated as a freshman. So, me as a head coach, it's been eye opening. And, and I realized like it's time to really, I've got to get involved with the pitching and I've got to get involved with the bullpen. And, you know that's going to be a priority over that next the next thirty to sixty days. Is I'm going to have to get really involved with the pitching part, of the half of the game, and 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 you know maybe that's my fault for letting it go too long, um, but that's 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 where we're at. And I don't I don't think it's Summer Ellison at all. Um, I think she's accountable for part of that. I think Casey Dixon, Terry Boswell, Kendra Lamb has been really good, but you know. Kendra's thrown one pitch. Well, we've had her for three years. I think by the third year, her changeup should be perfected. So, as good as Kendra's doing, I'm gonna hold her accountable. That you know, we can be so much better, and we should be so much better uh, in, in the near future. And and so, my job as a head coach is is to recognize that, address it, and that's that's the thing, type of thing that that's gonna make us better come May. And now that you know, I I, I made a a move yesterday to get more involved with the pitching. After game two, it was obvious. You know, I I, I, you can kind of understand Texas coming back and getting runs, but then you look back and you see we had McNeese, and McNeese came back and made a run. We beat McNeese eight nothing, and then we get way behind McNeese and had to come from behind. And and there's a pattern set in here where we just aren't consistently males tough. And one thing I tell you is like, we've not, had, we've not had one injury in the bullpen. We've had injury after injury after injury yeah. on the field. So it affected our defense. Our defense has been terrible. We've made many, many, many errors. Okay, but when you look at the situation, you know, you're moving your right field there, you're moving, I mean, we we have people at first base that never practiced first base at times during this first 20 game, 21 games. I can kind of understand that, but we didn't have a single injury in the bullpen, so we needed our bullpen. I think we could have. We had a seven to nothing lead on game one at UT Arlington. I think we should have closed that game out eight to nothing. We end up making it like a seven six game or seven 5 game. I can't remember the score, but I know we let it be way too close. And then we get blown out. We get blown out in game two with that all American fifth-year returning pitcher that's healthy and not hurt. And and that's not – so I don't think that it's a one-person problem. I think it's a program problem. And then the program problem is responsible by Jerry Glasgow and one person only, Jerry Glasgow. So that's on me. That's not on on Summer Ellison. So yesterday, Summer Ellison was brilliant. I mean, she had one hit going into fifth inning, and that was a ball that hit our third baseman, dead state in the glove, right between her legs. I mean, I don't know how in the world they scored it a hit. I thought it was an error all day long. And, and she pitched around that good, and then we, we made an error at shortstop. I wouldn't trade Alyssa Dalton for anybody in the country at shortstop, but she made an error. And, and that's how they even scored a runoff Summer. I thought Summer was absolutely brilliant yesterday. Uh, I think she'd given up two legitimate hits when they tied the game up 2-2. And then Kendra Lamb came in, and she was brilliant yesterday. So... I, we got it now. We understand. And moving forward, we will make some real big adjustments. And, and I think you'll see somewhere else and be a lot more effective down the stretch.
2: No doubt. And, and I, to be clear, I wouldn't uh, try to insinuate no, no, that, I, I that she was, uh, that, that, that she, I mean, when I say key, I mean, kind of for the latter reasons you were mentioned in terms of just how good she is, you know, conference pitcher of the year, um, in 2019 and, and all American and all that. But, um, but look, it, it like you said in closing you really like the talent you love your team you love these girls and um while you guys still figure some things out there's games to be played on the field on the diamond excuse me and um you know with conference play here and coming off of this weekend there's still a lot of softball in front of you guys jerry
5: yeah you look back at last year you know using summer she was 11 and one last year end to 24 games and I played tough games and you look right now and she's like four and three or five and four and she's healthy. It, that's that's on coach. That's on coach classical and so I accept that challenge and that responsibility. And I, I have there's nobody I'd rather have in my uh, bullpen to, to finish this Sun Belt season and go into regions with than a proven veteran, hard-nosed, mentally tough Summer Ellison. And she's all the things that I've said we got to become as a ball club. You watch her in the circle. She's those things. Now. I'm going to jar her, I'm going I'm to jar her a little bit, and we're going to shake her up a little bit. We're going to, you know, we're going to get, we're going to get, we've all been woke up. She's been woke up, I've been woke up. I think she and I are on a very clear path, uh, and we have a clear understanding of what we got to do at this point. So, um, that's things that we'll start to work on as soon as I get back in town.
2: Coach, coach Jerry Glasgow has been our guest. Uh, Jerry, I always appreciate you joining me on Monday mornings. I always appreciate your transparency. And uh, I know the uh, the fans of the program do as well. Uh, best of luck this week. Look forward to talking to you again on Monday. And uh, safe travels in the meantime. Thank you. Thank you. That is Raging Cajun softball coach Jerry Glasgow. It's the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. For those of you listening live on the stream whether it be on your desktop on your mobile device via our mobile app or in connected cars and on smart speakers all those places you can hear us guys that's brought to you by Sean Bond's Market on the Oil Center Sean Bond's going the extra mile quick break when we come back one diamond sport to the other from softball to baseball head baseball coach Matt Deggs joins me after this it's the great Scott show don't go anywhere
0: Insurance claims must be properly documented. Having the right attorney can make all the difference in the world. Spencer
1: Callahan is the one to see. Call 465-2323. Primary
0: office in Baton Rouge. Need guidance in a legal matter? Turn to the ESPN 1420 Legal
1: Authority, Glenn Armentor. What to do in case of personal injury is a list of do's and don'ts on our website related to accidents on the road and on the job. Free legal guidance
0: from the Glenn Armentor Law Corporation. It's easy. Go to ESPN1420.com
1: and click on the legal authority. One of the biggest reasons people don't call an attorney when they've been injured through no fault of their own is the stigma. What will people think? Lawsuits are for people trying to make a fast buck, right? Wrong. Lawsuits are for medical bills, lost wages, and to cover real damages. Remember, there's nothing wrong with calling a lawyer. In fact, it's your right. This message has been brought to you by the ESPN
0: 1420 legal authority, Glenn Armentor. For free help with your legal matter, go to ESPN1420.com and click on the legal authority. Announcer is a non attorney paid spokesperson. Bodega, bodega, bodega,
1: Alpha and Omega. Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches wing about a serving platter Hey, Jamie Yes uh, did, uh, did you want to try reading that line on the script there? Oh, yeah, let's see uh, You could say big when you bundle your home and auto with progressive, that one? Yes Yeah, no, I'm just not warmed up yet Shouldn't be long
3: Detector test.
0: Bundle your auto with Progressive
1: Today. The Marmot Mangle by Mushu Quark Pancake. Progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates. Before you move in and start
0: making a lifetime of memories, there's something you should remember the value of working with a realtor.
7: A realtor is more than an expert in the field who abides by a code of ethics. A realtor is your neighbor and your ally. Someone who puts your agenda ahead of theirs. Someone who understands your dreams and has the expertise to make them a reality. Finding the right place starts with you and a realtor and the doors we open together. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.
1: That's who we are. What's the quickest way to add value to your home? Increase curb appeal. Install a new garage door. It has a huge impact on your home. Let Overhead Door Company of Lafayette help you envision what a new CHI garage door will do for your home, not only for looks, but for security and peace of mind. Call 337-837-9226 now and Overhead Door Company of Lafayette and CHI Overhead Doors can add the architectural accent to increase your home's curb appeal. Overhead Door Company of Lafayette, 337-837-9226. Call now. Businesses that run
0: like clockwork establish routines they trust. That's why over a million companies rely on Centos. We'll help you protect employees and customers with essential safety supplies, inspect your fire protection systems and devices, hygienically launder your uniforms, and keep you well-stocked with the leading hand sanitizers and disinfecting wipes. Learn how Centos can help you open your doors with confidence.
3: Oh, I'm ready.
0: Visit Centos.com and get ready for the workday.
4: This is Louisiana Ragin' Cajun head baseball coach Matt Deggs, and you're listening to Acadiana's Best Sports Leader, ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com. And tap that app at ESPN 1420.
0: Now, more of The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on Sports Radio ESPN 1420.
2: Welcome back into the great Scott show sponsored by suit Up. joining me now raging Cajun baseball coach, Matt Deggs, Um, Matt. I'm going to start with a question that doesn't have anything to do with what we're going to talk about moving forward. But when you played college ball at either Alvin junior college or Northwood, did you guys have walk-up music back then? Like the guys do today, or was that just not even a thought?
8: No. That was not a thing back then. Uh, we didn't have it. Uh, I think the first time I ever saw that was, uh, the Aggies in like 88, 89, something like that. But we did not have that. No. Is there,
2: I mean, look, you're, you're an old school guy. You said as much, do you like that stuff? Or is that just kind of like, are you indifferent to it? Like, is it just kind of background noise?
8: No, I like it. I, uh, if I had one, I'd be bad company by bad company.
2: All right. All right. I'm going to have that queued up next week when I bring you on out of the break. Make sure I've got it ready to go. But uh, I, I, I kind of dig it, too, man. Now, you can always, I feel like you, you learn a little bit on the outside about a player. But for some of the guys, it's like, are they, are they, are, okay, they're a jokester. Okay, this gets them fired up. It's intensity. But it's a little bit, it says a little bit about each of their personalities. I, I kind of dig
6: yeah. it as well.
8: No doubt. No doubt. It gives you a little insight as to who they are. I honestly don't hear them. I couldn't name one of them. Uh, I, I don't hear uh, anything. and I'll get a question when I get home or whatever. Do you like so-and-so's walk-up song? Honestly, I've never heard it.
2: If it's not bad company, then it's just bad company. Get it out of here. <laughs> Coach Matt Digs, our guest, in 1420. Um, Coach, I want to start with a weekend and, and kind of work – from um, from Friday up until um, yesterday. So let's start with Friday night because uh, I talked to you after that game along with Spencer Arrigetti And, um, you know, Friday, I know you said that there were some pop-ups and other things you wanted, but overall it seemed like he really established some dominance on the mound and a lot of the things that I think you would want to follow did. It seemed like Friday night a lot of things were clicking for you guys.
8: Yeah, but I think if you look, Really, it was a huge week for us coming in, uh, coming off an 0 and 4, tough, tough road swing. Uh, and it started at Nichols and because that's traditionally just a very, very tough venue. Uh, and we were able to find a way to win a ball game there and it carries over into Friday night. Obviously it, it starts with the guy on the mound. But, you know, if you look back at some of our best played games this year, the common theme is Spencer Getty's on the mound. And so it starts right there. And it, in my mind, the two best games we've played is the seven to two win against La Tech, and if you pay attention to what they're doing right now, it's pretty good. Uh, they've beaten Arkansas, Ole Miss, just swept Tulane, uh, all in a row, and so that's a really big win for us right there. And then uh, Friday night was a was a great win that uh, was really wanting us to carry over into the rest of the weekend.
2: What what how, what is he like when you're doing? Um when you guys are you know, simulating a game in practice, I mean, is he, he's so, he seems to be so calm and low-key when we speak to him. I mean, obviously you can kind of see some intensity kind of bubbling on the surface, and then when you watch him on game day, it's different. Is he, does he change a little bit when he's under the light, so to speak? I know not every game is at night, but you know what I mean. Or is it kind of the same thing when, when you guys are doing hey. it in practice?
8: No, that's pretty much what you see is what you get. And he's gotten us several times in practice, and that's pretty much uh, how he goes about his business. And, you know, there's a little bit more intensity. Obviously, the volume's turned up a little louder when the lights come on. Uh, But that's (laughs) – he's the the genuine article. That's just who he is.
2: You mentioned the game against Nichols. One point I want to make that I'll kind of segue into uh, the Saturday and Sunday games is – Uh, Austin Bradford got the save for you guys. I was talking to Bab about him uh, last week as I was asking him, you know, who's a glue guy for the team that, you know, you really need him in the clubhouse and on the team he might not get as many headlines. Uh, He said, Austin Bradford, if you could speak for a moment on what he brings to the table and what he means for the team, aside from just getting that big save on Tuesday, just what he brings to the table in terms of team camaraderie, stuff like that.
8: Oh yeah. He's what you see is what you get. And, and he's the same guy every single day. He's already graduated. He he takes care of his business off the field in the classroom. He works extremely hard and he never lets his personal performance dictate who he is or, uh, how he goes about his business. So he, coming into that save, I think he had thrown an inning maybe, and, uh, maybe a little bit more. And he just went about his business, same guy every single day. And, and, uh, deserved that opportunity, and went in and made the most of it.
2: Coach Matt Deggs, our guest, ESPN 1420. Saturday and Sunday, Coach, uh, a common theme early in the game. You guys got behind the eight ball early, and um, you said want to clean it up. No errors on the stat sheet on Friday, but some early ones the last two days. How much more difficult does that make the rest of the game when you're facing a team like TCU that can can pitch the way they do?
8: That's extremely tough to to fall behind the eight ball like that and and then face let's just look at Saturday a lefty throwing ninety four with eighty four mile an hour slider and uh, and then yesterday probably as good arm as we've seen uh, the Ray Kid he's up to ninety seven and uh, with a really really good power hook and and, and just a wipeout changeup that he had command of for the lefties. Uh, and so it, it makes that, that mountain a little bit taller to climb, not, not that it's insurmountable. And uh, my expectation is that we would be able to chip away and find a way back into those games because that's what really good teams do. And so if, if one part of your game falls or falters, the other side's got to pick it up. And that's something that we're yet to see.
2: I remember talking to you last month uh, after the series of Tulane on Sunday night. Um, and I said, you know, I think I asked you, did you learn something new about this team? And you said, look, there, you can practice and, and and simulate a lot, but until the bullets are flying, you don't know. Fast forward to a month later. Is there, there's something you've learned about the team here over the last week that
8: you didn't know? Not really. Uh, you know, I, I think the the biggest uh, you know, the, the thing that, that really stands out are the inconsistencies. And that's something that's got to become more consistent in all three phases. Uh, and, and that's something that we've got to continue to work on. If you just look at TCU over the last two games, they beat us at our own game. And what I mean by that is they filled up the strike zone. They got after the routine play. They made some great plays. And then they were very, very productive offensively. And then when they had the kill shot, they took it. And, you know, let's let's look at the running game. Yesterday, they stole four bases. They are able to execute bunts. Uh, they run the ball out of the ballpark when it matters. And all of these things are components of our game that we just have been inconsistent at.
2: Um, ESPN1420and.com, you said that uh, there was not a message to the theme yesterday. You were going to kind of let it simmer, sit on it, reflect, and and then talk with them on Tuesday. Uh, After having a night to kind of sleep on it and the next morning, do you feel anything different, anything come to mind uh, that you you maybe didn't feel or were feeling yesterday after that loss? Because I know, you know, in the heat of battle right after a game, sometimes you got to kind of step away a little bit and look at things.
8: Right. I don't like getting outplayed at our game. And that's exactly what happened to us yesterday in all three phases. And th- to me, that that's that's just not something that's acceptable. And so we'll continue to work. I don't know that a lot has to be said. Everybody went through it. And uh, this is a great opportunity this week to work and get better and get ready to start a brand-new season on Friday night against Coastal.
2: Yes, yeah, Sunbelt Conference play getting underway against the team that – won a national championship just five years ago uh what's the what's the practice layout this week coach and the approach with no midweek games as you guys get ready to play four against coastal beginning this friday
8: well first we've got to have cooperation with the weather and uh, looking at the forecast you know it's going to be kind of hit and miss and uh so what i would like to do is play and what i mean by that are simulate games tuesday wednesday and have a great pregame practice on Thursday and get ready to go get some guys out there that may not have thrown a bunch and get some guys some ab's that need them and uh, just continue to work to master our game
2: yeah it's it's a lot different when you have to go in the indoor uh than whenever you get to to, to practice on the field and for obvious reasons but speaking of of russo park uh, the layout of it right it's different than it was a few years ago uh when you were an assistant coach and. Now in your second season as head coach here, you, you referenced it on Friday night about trying to catch every pop-up that goes up. How, how much have you had to adjust to it? And From a baseball standpoint, from a fan that might not understand it, just when the aesthetics of a ballpark change and the layout change, how much does that impact the game itself and you know, getting the guys prepared for it, if you will?
8: Well, it's very subtle, right? And and so you, you you have to be out there every day, or at least had a history with it. And, and obviously, we've got one of the top stadiums in the country, and you wouldn't change a, a thing about it. Uh, but what it's created is some some uh, some jet streams, and and then some swirling winds. And so you have to understand that if there's a north wind. Uh, it's going to swirl and it's going to push everything back into play. And you can't overrun a pop-up. Uh, you can't drift on a ball to the outfield. And even with south winds, where, where it appears to be blowing in from center, it might be actually blowing out to right center. Uh, so there's just little nuances that, that you, you, know, you need to use to your advantage uh, whenever we're playing at home.
2: Coach Magdegs has been our guest and um, appreciate the time. As always, Matt, uh, the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns welcome in Coastal Carolina. Four games. Now, three of them are conference games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday. A week from today, they have a uh, matinee. Monday matinee, 11 a.m. for a fourth game. And uh, is, the, is the pitching approach or anything else different, Matt, when you've got four games in four days as opposed to your traditional weekend conference series?
8: most certainly. And I think the name of the game there is you've got to eat some innings out of your starters. And, you know, right now, uh, we're, we're getting that out of Eric and and we've got to get that on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, coastal is going to be one of the best hitting ball clubs we've faced all year. And, uh, will be one of the better ball clubs we've faced all year. And that's saying something, uh, cause we've seen some good ones, but, uh, Most certainly, you've got to get some guys that will eat some innings, and you do that by attacking the strike zone and us filling and and making routine plays behind them.
2: Always appreciate the time. All the best, Matt. We'll talk to you again. Uh, Well, I don't know if we'll be able to talk to you next Monday. Um, You guys play that day. We'll figure it out, if not maybe Tuesday, one way or another. Always appreciate you joining me on Monday mornings on the show, and um, best of luck this week. I hope the weather cooperates, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Scott. Have a great day. You got it. Rage occasion at baseball coach Matt Diggs. Just, just, I don't think there's much we need to tell each other this week. We all know what happened. Bad company. That's a good, that's a good walk-up song. I need that one queued up next time we talk. Don't go anywhere. Bottom of the hour. Great Scott show continues after this. We will rehash the madness. Eight more games today in the tourney. Talk about the NFL plans for their live in-person draft. Pulling the rug out from Saints fans. Many people were laughing. Some of the best Cinderella stories and more. Don't go anywhere. It's the Great Scott Show, sponsored by Suit Up. It's ESPN1420.com.
3: help you take advantage of today's low mortgage rates and save money, Rocket can. You could save hundreds of dollars every month by refinancing with Rocket Mortgage at today's near historic low rates. If your current rate is over 4%, with today's low rates, you could lower your payment by over $150 a month, saving thousands in interest every year. With a cash-out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, you could consolidate and pay off high-interest debt, tackle home improvements that could add value to your home, or even set aside cash for your child's future education. We've already helped over 1 million clients just like you reach their home financing goals this year alone. So remember this, what can give you the technology to refinance easily and save money? Rocket can. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. That's 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. This is Renee. Happy to be here. She's in a few John Deere commercials this year, but she's not some influencer. She's more of a groundbreaker, behind the wheel of a 1 Series tractor. With her iMatch quick hitch, backhoe, quick park loader, and auto-connect mower deck, turning her four-acre lot into a little slice of heaven is as easy as...
7: Renee runs with us on a John Deere 1 Series tractor, because the most important job is the next one. That's all I got. Nothing runs like a deer hear Renee's story at Deer.com. Need a job? We've got them. Lofton Staffing Services has immediate openings for security guards, warehouse workers, order pickers and fillers, landscapers and groundskeepers, shipping clerks, general laborers, and logistics coordinators. These are great paying positions working for great companies. You can work full-time or part-time. There's no fee and at Lofton you get paid the week you work. Call Lofton Staffing Services right now at 269-0500. That's
8: 269-0500. Lofton Staffing Services.
7: We just can't stop. People say they didn't know they could get a nicer, newer car for $21 down. They call us on the phone to ask if they've missed it. Can they still get $21 down for a nicer, newer car? Yes, you can still get $21 down for a nicer, newer car. Why? Because Hampton has it. Hampton Toyota and Hampton Mitsubishi still have $21 down, but only for three more weeks. So if you're still making payments or owe more than it's worth or even have credit problems, no matter what is keeping you stuck, Hampton Toyota Hampton Mitsubishi have the chance to drive a nicer, newer car that you will love for $21 down. Why? Because Hampton is your deal for the people. Hampton has the for the people credit approval process. Hampton has your chance to drive a nicer, newer car for twenty-one dollars down. Hampton has a huge inventory of over three hundred cars, trucks, SUVs. Come to Hampton Toyota or Hampton Mitsubishi. We're doing test drives till seven o'clock. Or visit HamptonHasIt.com. That's HamptonHasIt.com for twenty-one dollars down. Twenty-one dollars down available with approved credit. Not all buyers may qualify. Negative equity may need to be refinanced. Plus Plus two hundred dollar dealer doc fee and TTNL. Nicer newer is a trademark used under license. Offer ends March thirty first, twenty twenty one. Switch to T Mobile for business and get up to ninety days of service free via. Virtual rebate on your business plan. You get a great deal, the largest 5G network, and first-class benefits like Microsoft 365 on us. It's better for business and only with T-Mobile for Business. Limited time offer. Stop in store for details. Plus taxes and fees for some plans. Virtual Express MasterCard within eight weeks of receipt of valid submission. Complete port within 60 days. See T Mobile.com for 5G devices coverage and plan details.
1: The firm of Arsemal Red and Morella is a proud supporter of UL football, basketball, softball, and baseball broadcasts here on ESPN 1420. Since 1987, Arsemal Red and Morella have represented the Acadiana region providing income tax, accounting, and business advisory services. Whether you are an individual or small or large business, the accounting firm of Arsimal Red and Morella is ready to serve you. Find them online at cpa-arm.com. And go Cajuns! Hey, it's me. Just wanted to reach out after yesterday's video call. Uh, you mentioned your friends going through a hard time right now. I wanted to recommend an app you should download. It's the How We Reach Coaching Tool. Uh, it's got tips on, you know, how to reach out to friends or family members who are who are struggling. So it's great that you're there for your friend. I really think this tool will help you give them the support they need. So. Let me know if you want to talk.
7: Download the tool on reach.gov today. You listen to Sports Talk?
1: Sports Talk, 24
0: 7, 365, in the palm of your hand on the ESPN 1420 app, sponsored by Mendez's Seafood Bar and Grill on Ducey Road. Scott Prather, a football champion who once scored nine touchdowns in a quarter in Tecmo Super Bowl. It's the Great Scott Show on ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com.
1: Take it out from the baseline. The baseball court.
2: Abilene Christian, one of several Cinderella stories. Oh, they'll uh, they'll try to keep the slipper on. They're taking on UCLA today at four fifteen on TBS, but uh, between Ohio and Oral Bob's Abilene Christians, that one from a. I think for that particular school, I mean, they were. It wasn't that long ago; they were a Division II school. Not even, not even a decade ago, they had a losing record in Division II. They'd never been in the NCAA tournament, D one anyway. Never won a game in the NCAA tournament, rather, and they they beat. The flagship school in the state, they reside in the first round as a 14 seed. Man. And Joe Golding, the coach, has been there for 10 years. He was the coach when they had a losing record in Division II and kept grinding and grinding and grinding and working and working and working. And little old Abilene Christian out in West Texas built a program that went toe-to-toe with the University of Texas. It's an incredible story. It's what March is about. That line is from one Joe Golding. And he's right. You see, that's that's just whoever wins the Final Four, cool. If it's Gonzagin, it's the first national title, cool. But like you the, the what you remember most about March Madness years later are the Cinderellas. The teams and the players, players that just come out of nowhere, even some maybe for some of the bigger programs, but they just have these incredible runs in the tournament. And then, you know, they don't go play in the pros because they're not pro talent, but those are the ones you remember. You'll remember Abilene Christian winning that game years from now. Unless you're a fan of some of these other schools, you're not going to remember... That Maryland beat UConn by eleven in the first round. You're not. If you're Maryland or UConn, you will. No one else listening can remember that. Or but wait, they beat him by. I'm sorry, by nine. They beat him by nine. Hey, remember when UCLA beat BYU seventy-three? No. Hey, remember when Oral Roberts, a fifteen-seeded, beat Ohio State and Florida on their way to the Sweet Sixteen? Yeah, I remember that. Sure. Those are the moments you remember. You might remember North Texas, even though they got bounced yesterday, but there went over Purdue. 40 minutes after the hour of 8 o'clock. That's the beauty of it. And I, I hear often about college football and why can't it work. It's just a different sport. You can't have a 64-team tournament. College football has eighty-five scholarships. Eighty-five. Now they also have the biggest roster, I get it, but eighty five? You you divvy it up, that's four per starting position. That's not the case in other sports. And my point is in major college football, the top schools, well, you can you can grab a lot of talent. The Powers run college football. We saw it last year. Coastal Carolina, I know Cajun fans don't like it, but they never had a shot of getting into the to the to the college football playoff. Louisiana, who finished fifteenth in the country and continue spring practice right now as we speak. Coach Napier's squad, amazing job. Lost one game last year. Had they won that game and finished undefeated, they they wouldn't have been in the they wouldn't have been in the college football playoff. Right now, you've got Ohio, you've got Loyola Chicago, who's in the Sweet 16, you've got Abilene, Oral Roberts in the Sweet 16, you got Abilene Christian in Ohio playing today. North Texas won one game but lost the other, but that's five Cinderella's. College football is a four-team playoff with, you know, what feels like three of the same four teams every year, and then they just sub out one of the other ones. And, yes, folks, watch. Scott, look how many people are watching. Yeah, I get it, but not nearly as many as ESPN thought when they gave the NCAA all that money to air a college football playoff. Ask the advertisers, ask the ratings. Yes, it's football, it's college football, it's the playoff, it's big ratings, but it's not what they thought it would be. You know whose ratings haven't suffered? The NCAA tournament. March Madness. It's just nothing like the Cinderella, man. There's nothing like it ESPN 1420 ESPN 1420.com and the ESPN 1420 app. It's the great Scott show sponsored by suit up suit up 3546 ambassador Caffrey suit up menswear and tux rentals. The absolute best guys. The absolute best. It is locally owned and operated. Okay. It's got the best service, the best prices, the best selection right now they got specials, okay, two suits for three hundred dollars on select suits, two of them. hey, you go buy a sports coat, you get free dress slacks. They got that awesome southern marsh line. the southern marsh clothing line I was wearing I was wearing my shirt yesterday, I wore it all day didn't want to take it off, ended up sleeping in it. thought about wearing it to work this morning when I woke up at five i didn 't I thought about it I mean it was it's that comfortable that 's my point. it is. Uh, Louisiana born and bred as well, clothing line. And that high-tech fabric that they use that just makes the shirt feel so comfortable. They got it. Basically, whatever you're looking for. Suit up, suit up. You got a wedding coming up? Guess what? They got specials, guys. They got specials. If you're a wedding and you're thinking about where I'm going to get my tuxes from, here's your we- wedding package for rentals. Five or more paid rentals. If you do that, the groom... His tux is free. The ring bearer, half off. Groomsman, $40 off. All of that. Are you kidding me? What a sick deal. And you're going to be looking great, okay? Look good, feel good. They're going to suit you up. They're going to have you looking good. Suit up, suit up. 35-46 Ambassador Caffrey between Rooms to Go and Lafayette Shooters. When you go, tell them you heard about it on the Great Scott Show. I'd much appreciate it. Amazing stuff. Emails are open. Scott at ESPN1420.com. You can uh, give me a call as well at 269-1077. Between college football, basketball, between UL baseball and softball, and, uh, and the NFL. Didn't really get into much of the Pelicans. They did have a nice win yesterday. The trade deadline's coming up. We're going to do that later on in the week. Don't worry. We'll get into that. But I got to tell you, The old pulling out the rug from under him happened to the Saints this weekend. More on that in four minutes. All right, let's head to the phone lines at 269-1077. Good morning, welcome into the show. Hello.
6: Hi. Um, yeah, I understand Texas committed twenty two or twenty three turnovers. You know, but Scott, man, the ending of that game—the ending of that game—that wasn't a foul, man. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I'm just kind of tuning in. But I don't like to see games in that way, man. And but you know, I give I give Abilene Christian um, respect. You know, like I said, uh, they played good defense. Uh, Texas committed twenty three turnovers, so they had a lot to do with it. But I thought it was a cheap victory at the end. Uh, What's your take on? Uh, I'm gonna hang up. I mean, and, uh, you you
3: you didn't you though.
2: didn't you didn't think it was a foul at all?
6: No. Yeah, not sure. I, I thought it was clean. Maybe. maybe I don't
2: know. I haven't gone back. I haven't gone back and watched it, but in the moment I wasn't like, I don't think it's a foul. I'll also admit that it was like after 11 and I was, I probably (laughs) should have gone to bed like an hour and a half earlier, but I was just like, I have to finish this game. The last two minutes of that game lasted 30 minutes. That was like the biggest downside of that one. Um, But I'll I'll, I'll try. I'll go back and look at it. I mean, I, I don't, I don't remember in the moment thinking that wasn't a foul. Now, like you call a foul with one point two seconds left, it's gonna raise some eyebrows. But if it's a foul, but let me let me go take a look. Oh, uh,
6: uh Rutgers won that game,
5: right?
2: Rutgers uh beat uh Clemson, but then they hey, lost to Houston.
5: Oh, Houston won?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, hey, Houston man, I, Houston I, 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 Houston won Houston won, won by game. three. Yeah.
6: Wow. I was in the Syracuse, man. Hey man, hey, you know what's funny, man? Uh every time I look at Bay Son, man, I just it's, it's, I'm getting older because I remember being having fun when uh, when uh, when Carmelo won, man. I remember he was a little boy. Uh, I, it, 50 it, 50 I like I
2: know three. I know he's his kid, and yet I call him his grandson. But I know it's his kid. Like I can't help it. There's just such a <laughs> there's such an age gap there. I can't help it. But yeah, it, it is it is cool when you see like the little kids grow up. But um, that's crazy, man. Because he's what 21. I mean, Jim. Yeah. Jim had him late in life. Yeah, Jim is so seventy six. Jim is seventy six years old. So,
6: you wouldn't know it either. That's oh, crazy. That's right. um, Bayon looks good for his age. man. Well, I haven't seen him recently, but every time I see him, he he, he doesn't like a old man. He, he reminds me of like a Larry Brown type. You know, yeah. it, it just you know just stay around young people, you stay young. So. I guess so. Right. And <laughs> he's got he's
2: got other ones too that like like you know I think um both of his other kids play. So Buddy has a twin sister that plays a uh, college ball somewhere, maybe Rochester or something like that. And they have a brother that plays at Cornell. So that's something, man.
6: Yeah. Uh, hopefully uh, LSU can get Michigan today, man. I'm, I don't know what it is, man, when it comes to uh, the tournament. You know, I'm not a big college basketball fan like I used to, but when it comes to the tournament, man, uh, I always want to see LSU go far. Really? And I uh, thank y'all. you yeah, i a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is about the uh, the basketball team, man. You know, but once they, they get in the tournament, I found myself rooting for him. Like, let's go, you know. I, I you know, what I think it is, man. Like, the basketball team, yeah, you know, compared to the, their football team, compared to their baseball team, uh, maybe gymnastics. It's just, um, the basketball team doesn't get to. Doesn't
5: I get
7: like. The
2: I, I, I remember. Do. I remember. in look, in, in they're running oh six. I was, I was really behind them um, at the time. I mean, part of it was there were so many people that were like couldn't stand John Brady, um, and Brady you know, rub some people the wrong way because of how abrasive he could be. I'm not, I, I don't find myself rooting for Will Wade personally, but uh, I remember rooting for Brady and like the the guys on that team. I'm not going to actively root against him or anything, but uh, that 06 run was amazing. And when you look back at the players on that final four team, you know, Daryl Mitchell, Tasman Mitchell, big baby, Tyrus Thomas, then you had Garrett Temple who was starting and like of all those guys temple's the one he's still playing in the nba and he wasn't even viewed as an nba prospect in fact he wasn't even heavily recruited he just the family history and his dad and his brother and stuff and his grandfather it just it was he was going to lsu and that guy has just been a, I'm, I'm a big garrett temple fan i still follow him in the league and um i'll always remember that 06 run by lsu to the final four it was, it was an incredible run back then that whole tournament was wild you know george mason that year, yeah, I was it talking about that team
6: last night. <laughs> it wasn't
2: like that. Didn't have like you've had some more Cinderella since then. Reached the Final Four, right? I mean, whether it be Loyola Chicago just a few years ago, there's been some others. But back then, you didn't have like mid majors like you know a VCU a Loyola Chicago didn't feel yeah. like as crazy as it did when George Mason made it. It was like this is crazy. So that tournament was great until you got to the Final Four, and then it was just, you know, three blowouts. It wasn't any good. But that's the thing about the tournament. The Final Four can be forgettable. The title game can be forgettable. But, like, the, the first four days of it, there's just the – like, there's going to be madness no matter what because you have that many games. So it's almost impossible not to be memorable and not to be exciting.
6: Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I wanted that 2000 team to do something. I think they lost to uh, Wisconsin. Well a crazy yeah, game, but yeah, um, yeah, 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 the Strobel Swift team. All right, thank you, man.
2: Strobel and Jabari Smith, Brady. Ten minutes tonight, Brady. A lot of folks didn't like Brady back when he coached there, just because he he didn't like taking uh, didn't like taking it from anybody, if you will, put it that way. ESPN 1420com The Saints free agency haven't made too many big signings the second phase of free agency is going to begin now with the exception of Kenny Galladay, i think all of your big moves are pretty much done um there i don't think i think at this point from this point on you're going to see a lot of one year two year deals a lot of short term deals with voidable years a lot of veteran players Basically, the teams are going to be signing off the clearance rack. And for the Saints, you know, draft equity right now, when you're over the cap as much as you were and you had to get below it and you had to release a lot of players, draft equity is key. You got to hit in the draft. And and fortunately for the Saints, they got some good news on Saturday that they would be keeping their seventh-round pick that was initially – taken away by the NFL for COVID-19 violations. Apparently, the Saints appealed and got the pick back. And the Saints were worried that, oh, man, fans all assumed the NFL was going to take more picks away from them because all the reports out there was that they were going to come down harsh on the Saints for COVID-19 violations, despite the fact that there were many other violations from other teams around the league, many other celebrations videoed. But, hey, but it didn't. So then you looked at it, you're like, wow. The Saints have eight picks in the draft. They got three compensatory picks. They had their first, second, and fourth, and sixth. And then they got a seventh back, and it was like, whoa. Oh, and they got another seventh round pick in the trade for Malcolm Brown to Jacksonville. So Saints fans for a few hours Saturday were like, yeah, I can't believe it. The the Saints appealed and it worked. Well, not really. Because a few months ago, reports surfaced they endure additional punishment due to having a non-employed the team's facility. So the NFL gave them a pick back, had pro football talk, you know, leaked that information out there. Hey, here we go. Yes, we can confirm they got their picks back. And then a few hours later, okay, no, we're uh, we're fining you $700,000. We're going to take a, a six-round pick from you, but in 2022. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Here's this nice rug. Oh, no, we promise. It's nice. <laughs> Give it back. All the dude wanted was his rug back. Hey, I get it. Saints committed the violations. They did. No doubt. So did some other teams, like the Titans. In fact, you could argue that what they did was much worse, right? They had so much COVID that they had to shut down their facility. They were told to quarantine and self-isolate, and then players had held a non-sanctioned practice at a high school. When they were supposed to be in quarantine? Yeah. Okay. All right. You say so. (laughs) No draft picks docked from them, though. Hey, Saints fans, just be happy. You got to keep the compensatory picks. You got eight picks in this year's draft. You're going to need every one of them, and you're going to need to hit on a lot of them. That's going to do it for the Great Scott Show. Tomorrow. We'll have a little terrible tune Tuesday. Jay Walker is scheduled to join me for the eight o'clock hour. We'll talk Cajun sports, a little TTT with him, and of course March Madness. Ralph Malbrough of the Saints Happy Hour Podcast will join me. Always look forward to chat with Ralph. That'll be on tomorrow's show as well. Steve Peliquin is coming up next with Beyond the Game. Thanks to Jerry Glasgow and Matt Deggs for joining me this morning. If you missed either of those interviews, it'll be up on the Great Scott Show podcast page. You can listen to it via iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. The whole entire show will be up there as well a little later today. Madness continues today. Talk about it tomorrow as well. Don't go anywhere. Steve is next. It's ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com and the ESPN 1420 app. This is the Great Scott show sponsored by Suit Up.
6: Go away.
4: Now